Hey everybody, Aaron here. I just wanted to give a quick note before today's episode. I wanted to let you know as the listeners that me and Aaron Cooper aren't going to be able to do the episodes together anymore. We had to change up our weekly recording schedule and unfortunately she is going to be on the radio at the same time as we're actually going to be recording our episodes. So I just wanted you guys to know the reason she's not going to be on the episodes isn't because we had a big falling out, there's no drama, nothing like that. We still are great friends, talk all the time and love to hang out. And she'll come on as uh, as she's able to. We just can't get to have her on right now because of conflicting schedules. I just wanted to let you guys know so you weren't wondering where the other half of our dynamic duo went. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's go. Therese, how you doing, man? Good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Working on a Sunday, but I guess that's, that's <laughs> kind of the life we've chosen for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as day offs. Right? That's, uh, yeah, that's there's number one. Not. Yeah, but uh, otherwise, how have you guys been? Not too bad. Aaron Cooper, how are you over there in uh, in your world? <laughs> in vital record land. Uh, I absolutely love the fact that there's like a good mix of everything. I'm very happy that you have a Rune 5. I'm also pointing at the screen, but you can't really see. Uh, the Rune 5, uh, it won't be too soon before long album, uh, is by far uh, either, either that or... The song's about Jane, obviously, because she will be loved, um, is, is my favorite album. You know, it's funny. Aaron and I talked about this on one of our previous National Tour Stop podcasts, that one of my top five favorite albums of all time is this Moon yeah, 5 album because yeah. it's such a good pop album. It really is. So the one that not everybody knows is, you know, Can't Stop, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So... Can't Stop's great. Um, what else is on that album that I, I keep forgetting? I flip them around sometimes. Misery is is on Hands All Over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, isn't Won't Go Home Without You on, on that as well? Yes, as is um, If I Never See Your Face Again featuring If Rihanna. I Never See Your Face Again. Um, I like the, the one without her, actually. Not that I don't. I love Rihanna, but... <laughs> but the one without Rihanna is like the the my go to one. Um, but yeah, but yeah. No, I'm trying to think of what else. Shit, it's a good album. Everything's it's done. Good. It's a great album. It's a fantastic album. Well, Therese, it has been a hot minute since we had you on uh, Trendsetter's showroom. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again, guys. Where are you right now? You're on tour. Uh, I'm uh, actually. Uh, I just hopped off tour. Um, but I'm in Minneapolis right now. I had a show or actually two shows yesterday. Uh, one was for another station and one was for this, one of the bands that I toured with, uh, called Yam House. And I was literally just going to go to watch the show. And then I get a call yesterday night. They were like, Oh, our opener got COVID. So, uh, do you want to come and play the show? It was like, Okay, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say no. Sounds great. So that's what I did. So how long do you have off between uh, these couple legs of your tour? You're going to be on this fall. Uh, I think I have three weeks. 
Um, okay. Oh, that's pretty so good. So I'll go right? home and I have like three-ish weeks until October 10 is when the next one starts. So Cool. Well, you're still based in Los Angeles, correct? Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I've been jealous of the, the weather because it's still brutally hot here in Tennessee and we, we get that. Oh, you, you don't have to be jealous because you know, we had to, we had a giant heat wave for the last like two and a half weeks, three weeks. And even really? before that, it was still really hot. No, no. I mean like we're talking like it was 110 degrees, like 106, Ooh. 104, 112 was one when day. When it's that hot, you don't even want to go be in the ocean. You want to sit in an ice bath. Uh, yeah you don't you don't leave the house like that's just realistically what you don't do (laughs) well not to mention i'm speaking with two talented men who were recently in europe having some fun oh wait you were where did you go i was in paris for two weeks wait so was i but not for two weeks i I was in france for two weeks but but uh (laughs) wait when did you go i was there from august 25th until september 8th were we in France at the same time? Mm, okay. I think we just <laughs> I think we just missed each other. I'm trying to remember exactly when. Give me a second, I'll tell you exactly when I went. Um so yeah, July 15th till the beginning of August. Ah, missed it by that or month. July t- like 28th. So almost almost August. But yeah, we just missed each other. How did you like it? Dude, it was fantastic. And more than anything, it was nice to not work for a couple of weeks. Like that yeah. was the main point of it. <laughs> of course. It took me a little bit to like like check out mentally so that I mm-hmm. could actually focus on not working. But once I once I was in vacation brain, I was just eating and sleeping and walking around. Like we walked 120 yeah. miles through Paris. Did nice. you say 120? 120 miles. Also, it's a very walkable city. Like you don't really drive like a lot of things are like very yeah a lot of them are a lot of things are very close to each other right um so you don't really necessarily need to like drive anywhere unless you need to go to like another part of town but even so like did you did you do the electric scooters didn't do the scooters but i rode the subway all the time like every day okay great yeah so i mean that's pretty much all you need to do in your song yeah uh for a city that values public transit (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah trust me not living not, in la not living in LA, i'm like you have to fucking have a car and it's so it's like it's great yeah i love having a car but at the same time like would i love to not have a car and never worry about parking and pay like five billion dollars just to park for 30 <laughs> minutes literally you know, nashville that'd be great <laughs> well uh Harris, can you tell us a little bit about the tour that you've been on and who you've been uh playing with what kind of rooms you've been uh playing and stuff like that we just wanted yeah. to let listeners know like what road life is actually like because a lot of them glamorize it and yeah. I know that parts of it are glamorous and that's like yeah. five minutes on stage and then you get to the bus where it's, it smells like feet. Yeah, well, actually, so I luckily okay, so starting in the beginning, so uh, I just hopped off of a tour with uh, Jake Miller and uh, that tour was about two and a half weeks. Okay. Um, uh, we did 11 shows. Uh, he, he, this is actually, I think one of the smallest tours that he's done, but I was lucky enough to just kind of go with him for the whole leg, which is, you know, awesome. Um, as far as the rooms, I mean, playing some really cool venues that I had never played before, um, like Bowery ballroom in in New York. Um, and then like by far one of my favorites, uh, is the Troubadour in LA. Uh, I've done like a bunch of 
like places in LA, obviously being hometown. Uh, but the Troubadour was number one. And that was like such a sentimental thing for me because uh, when I was in college, every year they would have um, a show at the Troubadour, but it was like a, a school show. And so I elected to never do it any of the four years because I was like, if I'm going to go and play at the Troubadour, I want to do it not because my school got me in and it's a school show. I want to do it for me. Right. And so um, what what uh, ended up happening was like right the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, man, I wish I should have done it. Like I, I should have done it because now like who knows how long this is going to be until I'm able to play the Troubadour and so on and so forth. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, COVID ends and. And I get on my tour and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the Troubadour. So that was like such a nice round circle moment that I was like very proud of myself for having the patience to like not jump the gun. One those, like, do... That's one of those milestone moments for you when you realize that you're not, yeah. you're not just some kid playing songs anymore. You're like actually doing the thing that you set out to do. Exactly. And the other nice part is that the show was sold out. And so like... <laughs> I mean, like, you can't complain when you're doing a sold-out show and you're probably almost favorite venue in L.A., uh, <laughs> you know, for the first time. So, not mad about it. Not mad about it. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm so happy to hear it. So, you've got a, a short break, and then you're heading out on tour with uh, Charlotte Sands next, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm really excited. Uh, actually, we're announcing it on Monday, so that's super cool. I mean, it's already, like... Kind of it'll be out by the time they're listening to this exactly exactly it doesn't really matter um but uh yeah no so that'll be a fun thing i'm hopping on her third uh leg of of the tour mm -hmm. um so i think that's about 10 shows as well that's sweet um, yeah no and she i love her music i love her vibe um i think that we'll be able to blend together pretty well um and of course like working with the same people obviously everything's yeah. gonna is this gonna really is, good. Is this first time working with charlotte yeah yeah so what i'm I, excited to meet her what i think is so interesting i was telling aaron this before you hopped on is both of you have incredible music you both have such unique things that you say in the music that you share but your sounds are so different but as a music consumer i'm obsessed with both of y'all and both of yeah. the, the music that you share what do you keep in mind as a performer when you're going on tour with someone who does arguably have a different genre or a different feel to their music, but you're there with them? What, mm -hmm. what do you think? Is there anything that's different or anything that you think about going into those performances? Um, yes, uh, definitely. So like I have to keep in mind that as an opener, my job is to kind of garner fans from this person and, and knowing what kind of fans are going to the show, um, you know, will help me tailor my own songs and, and performances to that, uh, as I'm sure like Aaron understands just as well. Um, but like, for example, Charlotte's uh, music is a little more like Rocky than some of my stuff. Um, but what's lucky is some of my newer stuff is kind of in her vein. So I'll just change up the set list a little bit, um, to kind of tailor myself to that kind of audience to where it won't be exactly like what, what Charlotte's music is, but just close enough to where they're not going to be like, whoa, 
like why are they it's like matching i don't know trying to bring like too crazy it's like putting olivia rodrigo on a uh, maggie rogers kind of tour like i feel like those are just like different enough you know it so is, it's like but i feel it like i would love that yeah i mean like yeah. but also okay to that point it kind of is nice when there's a huge dichotomy between the opener and the and the actual main artist you know uh if people are open to it i think it really depends on like what kind of show yeah. uh it is but for this one um it's really lucky um, that a lot of my new stuff is kind of in her vein. So I think it'll be close enough. And that's as much as I think about it. Otherwise, you know, I'm pretty confident that if the people are going to like the music, they're going to like the music, uh, regardless whether it's, you know, Charlotte Sands or Jake Miller or Justin Bieber. Uh-huh. You're talking about um, something that's <laughs> important that music, a lot of musicians don't realize. And I have to tell people who, at least in Nashville, who are pretty new to the stage, is like, you might want to play every venue or open for any artist, but audiences aren't created equal and venues aren't created equal. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you put, let's say for example, you and do like a heavy metal venue, it probably, you'd probably hate it. The audience probably wouldn't have fun. And then consequently (laughs) we put a heavy metal act into a really pop centric kind of a space in front of an audience. They're not going to respond to that. So being able to tailor that this kind of like, more or less just straight pop music to a more rocky kind of an audience is a really test a good testament to how vetted you are on stage because a lot of people really don't understand that you can't just play the same song to the same audience even if it's the same words and the same chords you have to perform yeah uh-huh 100 percent um yeah no i think i think what you're saying is is very true and also in the sense like that's I think I'm not the one supposed to be thinking about it too much as far as who I'm going for, who I'm going with. I think that's like obviously management and, and right. agents and, and promoters themselves organizing the nights, uh, making sure everything's well put together. Because at the end of the day, you know, we perform and we do our stuff, but we want the audience to walk away, not only like enjoying the show, but happy that they came and not like they don't want to we don't want to waste a minute of their time being like, Oh my God, why are we listening to this right now? Cause this was not the vibe that we were coming into right. for the show, you know? So, you know, everything is again, tailored for the audience rather than tailored for, you know, the artists. This is the way it always should be. You know, that's the whole, not the whole point of what we do, but you know, when we're doing these live shows, it's exactly yeah. what it's for is. If you choose as an artist to share your work with the public, you know, accommodating the people you share it with is obviously a a huge piece of the puzzle, as you just said. Absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna work backwards here. So to mm-hmm. your to your credit, as we know from sitting down with you for Trendsetter Showroom all of those months ago, um, <laughs> you are clearly someone who can be thrown into any situation, any arena, quite literally, and pull it off and just give a killer performance because it's just natural for you. And you seem to embrace those environments. So as, as a young artist who is experienced, who has played several stages all over the country, how do you encourage within yourself that versatility and that willingness to kind of like, yep, like you just said, Oh, can you play this show? Yes, I will do it. I'm not necessarily prepared, even though you are, but like, that versatility, that willingness to to mold. Can you can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Um I think 
I think part of it is is like the job of of a, of a performing artist, and also part of it is kind of like a a selfish thing, and I'll and I'll break that up really quickly. So as far as a performing artist, you, I think you should be able uh, to have every song of yours um, to be able to play it in a very acoustic small setting to uh, an arena or a stadium or whatever. Like there should be an ability to do both. You should have that kind of mental image in your head for how you would play it in from smallest to medium to large to extra large to massive um because if you're setting yourself up for success um you know that's kind of what the roadmap is and so these songs that you write are going to be with you for your whole career hopefully and you know there i think there's something special when when even larger audience, uh, artists, you know, are they go from playing a literal stadium and then the next day they're doing like a radio show for a couple hundred people or maybe even 50. And it's just them and a guitar and the song sounds just as good as when it was in the stadium, sometimes even better, you know, because you can hear their voice super clearly and really feel the It's a testament to a truly good song. Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, you know, the whole Nashville thing is like if, if your song – if you can play a guitar and the song sounds like a hit with just a guitar, then it doesn't matter what production you put underneath it. It's still going to be a hit song. You know, right. if the song sucks by itself, then I don't care what you do to it. It's still going to suck. You know, there's a um, reason that uh, yesterday from the Beatles is still one of their biggest hits is because it was uh-huh. just a good song. I mean, just <laughs> right there. Yeah. We got- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's wow. proof in the pudding that just writing good songs is sometimes all it takes. Mm-hmm. But the other side of it, the selfish side is just, I love to perform. Uh, I, I know a lot of artists. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, in, in the sense that, like, you know, a lot of artists, um, like, love recording music or writing music. And I do uh, just as much. But uh, my heart and soul definitely lives in performing. I I write songs in, with the mentality of, like, how am I performing like this? How is it going to Exactly, exactly. Um, so like while I'm writing, I even like put, put in my head, like, Oh, this will be like a good sing back moment. Oh, this will be a good, like, if I put like a, a, a one bar pause in between this and just like make it a, like a little thing, you know, this, that's the way my brain thinks. So like being able to hop onto something like this and still be able to have those moments, um, already kind of in your head is really important because, you know, the music industry, uh, it's it's luck and you know you just need to put yourself in the right place at the right time and all luck is is uh opp- your skill met with opportunity right so boom now you got your background in performing from a really early age right yeah i i started i mean i did classical piano since i was four and did recitals every year like twice a year or something like that um and then 11 12 started writing songs and then started doing open mics at like 13 okay. and it was just like if i'm gonna do this like i want to get my chops up and and kind of not because you know i i never really got nervous um but you know there's a difference of when you're practicing at home versus like in front of an audience and you know you can't mess up you can't you know alter too much you have to see what is going to grab someone's attention and especially these open mics really taught me like you know, people aren't always paying attention all the time. You know, when you're singing in front of a Starbucks, you know, <laughs> what can you do to to capture them? 
<laughs> and Mom so that's like day, I did that. I played an open mic at a brewery and I played my songs as far as my friends and my fans know are the quote hits. And then mm-hmm. I tried those same songs in front of <laughs> in front of a uh, audience that had no idea who I was. And it was brutal because it threw me back into what it was like to just have to learn how to work it again. Yeah, also, no, I, uh, I, we're, I, we're looking at Aaron on the Zoom. Yeah, I'm just like, that's <laughs> like, <laughs> that was really just in the face, by the way, Aaron. I'm sorry. I'm um, so sorry. She's being like a needy child and like wanting me to hold her, but then she's like, Push. She's now pushing you. Yeah, I see it. She's like, no, just hold me a little bit, but not too close. That's really funny. Uh, I've had girlfriends uh, like that. Hold me a little, but not too close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it kind of sucks. Actually, the, the, the show I was doing yesterday uh, was a pet adoption thing and it was kind of very similar in the sense that like the spotlight was kind of taken away but you know what if i if i'm gonna lose the spotlight to anybody to any anything it would be dogs other yeah. people i'll be like come on but like dogs and cats like no problem like i will not speak i'll shut my mouth in fact i don't even know why i'm singing i should be out there petting the dog i want to be out there petting the dog so literally all i was doing like in between songs i was like guys listen Keep petting the dogs. Like I was like, just like go for it. Like in uh, right before Halloween this year, we're actually doing a pet adoption event with the Nashville Humane Association. Oh, and amazing. we're doing it at a big uh restaurant here in Nashville, but there's gonna be live music, of course. But yeah, there's gonna be dogs. And then they literally asked, Hey, since it's Halloween, do you want us to dress all the puppies up and then uh go oh, take, no, it's like, over. them around it's the restaurant? Over. It's like, over. Forget the music, oh, no. Let's just do the freaking puppy parade. Yeah, 100%. That would that would be the event of of not only the decade but the century, I believe. So How is that even um, a question? Do yeah, should we dress up the dogs? What? I agree. I agree. I think that was probably one of the dumbest questions that someone asked. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, dogs and costumes. Uh, you tell us about Border. This is the uh, the new single. The the yeah. single rather. Yes. Um, so border, um, is in short about hope, um, and how, where you are may not be where you want to be, but knowing that all the pieces and everything are going to fall in place the way that they should. Um, cause that's just kind of how life ends up working and, you know, we'll, we'll find that happiness and find that inner peace because, you know, we all deserve it. Um, and yeah, and I, for me, I, I started that song kind of in a place where uh, when I was younger, for some reason, people would always tell me things that they didn't tell, like their closest friends or like their family and even people that I had met just that day. They would tell me something. Um, and now can I attest that that was really something that they never shared? I don't know, but I really felt that way. Um, and I never understood why, but I always accepted it. and and kind of appreciated it but i never felt like i could share anything with anyone the same way that they did so that was my kind of break because i didn't feel like i was comfortable enough to share with anyone the way that they did with me uh obviously growing up finding the right friends and being more comfortable uh that changed so that was kind of one essence of a border that i had crossed um that just kind of took time uh you know not anything that i changed within myself too much just something that 
I think as you get older, um, you start kind of seeing things differently and, and, and thinking differently. And all of a sudden, you know, things kind of change. As I said, like life kind of falls into place the way it should. What is so perfect about you describing this song is your warmth and your ability to have people feel comfortable opening up to you even permeates this Zoom call right now that we're all yeah. So it makes perfect sense that that is a real experience that happened to you. And also when you were on Trendsetter Showroom a few months ago mm-hmm. and you talked about the single and you you played it for us so gorgeously. And then afterwards you sent us such lovely personal notes and I literally have it. I have like all of these notes. I've got mine right here. Yes, mine is in my bathroom is right here. And I have like a wall in my bathroom where I just have like notes people have written me up there. And I remember you said something that really sat with me where you said, I, you know, I felt so comfortable to tell my story and to get my message out. And as you just described, that's something that I remember you saying in that moment that you have had trouble with and like you yeah. just left that border. And so hearing you describe the song and when I read that note and I'm like, wow, it's so awesome that Tour Stop could provide a space for you where you felt comfortable talking about your work and you had- no, You guys do a great job. I'll tell you what, <laughs> um, there's a lot of other places um, that are just kind of quick and you know, you, you do your job, they do theirs, you know, you, you talk about what you're doing and so on and so forth rather than, than national tour stop to where you feel like the platform is very much like, let us hear the deeper side to it more of an understanding of, of not only what you're doing, but why you're doing what you're doing and, and right. why you are who you are, you know? Very Aaron well killed. said. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Aaron showed everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I really early on wanted to create this platform because when I first moved to Nashville, nobody gave a shit who I was, what yeah. I wanted to do. And I was like, man, I'm just going to create the thing that I wish I could be part of. So I, I really try to go out of my way to make sure that people do the same thing or that, that I'm providing them the same opportunity. I agree. And I think one thing in this world that you're like, aside from music. Um, just in general in the world is I think people are are very afraid of not being uh, not not being recognized and not recognized as in like being famous or whatever that's what I'm saying except for music just like themselves not being recognized so um, I think that doing what you guys are doing helps people not only like me feel like we're being heard and felt but also just the listeners have an opportunity to understand what's going through the mind of, you know, just another human being. And and we're hitting very simple, you know, our experiences may not be exactly the same, but we have very similar feelings about something that may be very close in relation. And all of a sudden you go, Oh, wow, I don't feel alone because I know that person is thinking like me. I know that person is feeling like me and therefore we're all a little bit more connected. We're all a little bit more, you know, uh, mindful of each other. And yeah, I think we just need a little bit more of that in the world. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Reach. Well, hey, this <laughs> Zoom call is going to auto kick us off. So I want to close with one more thing. Okay. I know you're coming to Nashville this fall and the people listening, uh, we want you to go watch Hariz's show. Uh, do you know the final date of your tour that's going to end up in Nashville here? 
Or uh, yes, it's it's November fifth. It is November fifth at the base yes. east. That's correct. Yes, that's that correct. going to be a killer show. That is a Saturday night. Um, you can go to the basement's uh, website and they'll have tickets for everybody there. Let's try to pack out the house for uh, for the opening act. Dude, I would love that. I would absolutely love it. Yeah, come guys, come watch, come chill, come hang, and I want to meet everybody who comes out to the show because I want to give you all the love. Um, Wait, yeah, no, I'm so excited. I just looked at my calendar. I don't work that night. I can. Then I'm gonna see you there, Aaron. Cool. Yes, well, Harise, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on uh, the internet, where where they can connect with you? You got it. Um, so you can search me up pretty much anywhere you feel like. Google, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. All of it is my name, H-A-R-I-Z, like zebra, Harise. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to kind of discover a little bit more about me. Yep. Follow Harise. Stream the new single, Border available now and uh we'll play it as the outro music for the episode today so people can get a little a little sneak peek and then we'll see there you go i love it i love it aaron aaron uh really quick i also want to say um thank you again for this as well um but also uh i'm insanely sorry that uh i'm not gonna be able to do the show on the day after no worries man we no i mean like that's i was like literally talking with eric and i was like why like it's that's not that big of a deal and like it's it's like sorry um but uh basically i just want to say i'm sorry and then also whenever you guys have another slot or something like that just let me know because i'll be there so certainly yeah I'll make sure I'll make sure to get you back down here as soon as we can next spring. Yeah. How about that? Perfect. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and hop off here. Aaron, give us your plugs here. Okay. You can find me on air with Aaron weeknights from six to 11 on hot one Oh six, seven. And you can find me at on air with Aaron E R Y N on all social media. And you can follow Nashville Tour Stop on social media at Nashville Tour Stop. And you can check out our live show schedule at NashvilleTourStop.com. But until then, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Everybody tells me they're proud.